hello and welcome to another episode of the holy hour it's gavin and uh, i'm just hanging out here i felt compelled to uh, do a little cure talking with you so thanks for joining me and um it'll be a short one here but i just uh i felt the urge so i figured i'd share it with you guys um so yeah we're winding down february 2016 and um i'd been listening to blood flowers at work which shouldn't sound that shocking, but um, it is. I think it's fair to admit that a lot of us probably don't willingly throw in blood flowers that often. Um, as much as we love it in our hearts and openly, um, it's probably safe to say it's not too many people's favorite Cure album. So um, that was on, and it was feeling good. And uh, the song 39 came on, and uh, I was like, yes, I, I understand this now. And strangely enough, I will be turning 39 next week. Um, it's a weird birthday. You're, you're still hanging in there. The death rattle of your 30s, I guess they call it. Nobody calls it that, but I'm calling it that. Um, so yeah, it's weird. I don't know if it's common, but I tend to, uh, to stress out over the big birthdays like the two or three years before it actually happens. You know, when you're winding down your 20s or... Um, I don't really remember stressing out as a preteen, but I prob- I'm sure I was. I think I stressed out over everything as a preteen. But anyway, um, you know, and you get it out of your system by the time the damn birthday hits. You're just like, whatever. I'm happy to be alive. Let's just boil it down to that. Having almost kicked it as a teenager anyway. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have a good uh, appreciation of just having a birthday. So I really can't bitch too much that that I'm turning 39 and I'm old my body's falling apart look kind of crappy but uh you know I'm alive and from what I can tell even being old and crappy is a little better than being dead so um didn't mean to totally take it there right off the bat but um you know what I mean and it fits kind of a blood flowersy thing so it makes sense that this would be uh something I could be like, oh yeah, now Bloodfires makes a lot of sense. But um, Bloodfires does sound a lot better to me now than probably when it came out. Um, I don't think the age totally has a total, a lot to do with it. Um, it's just an album that's kind of grown on me. Um, I think it's thought of, you know, myself included early on um, as the start of the later Cure albums, the official old Cure Um some people would probably stretch that back to wild mood swings or switch it back to wherever, however old you are and when you start liking the cure. But for me, it's kind of like uh, from about blood flowers on these new ones. I love them. I'm so glad that they're coming out. I wish they'd put out more. It's been way too long since the last one even. Um, but it's probably safe to say these albums aren't really winning over any new fans, right? Or, you know, maybe the occasional one here or there, but like, for the most part, they're they're kind of like bonus track albums, you know. I feel like there's a lot of great stuff on them, but you know nobody's probably putting them in their top five as their best favorite Cure albums. But I don't know. I feel like that sounds shitty, but um, I'm trying to be honest here. But um, I love it now, and I think it's a great. I loved it then too, but I think it's the lack of singles on Blood Flowers. It's I've talked about that in other episodes. Where I like, you know, The Cure's kind of known for having their great singles, and this one kind of admittingly right off the, the bat, Robert was saying how it wasn't 
an album that was going to have singles on it. Maybe someday became kind of the default single. But um, I don't even know if they officially pushed that. They didn't make a video for it or anything. I don't know if I even have an official single for it. I think there was some promo, promo radio stuff. But, uh, but yeah, and, you know, and that was with the idea of it being part of the trilogy. And that I don't really recall being announced right off the bat. If somebody knows otherwise or feels otherwise, feel free to correct me. But um, I feel like they kind of, because they put out Blood Flowers, and then it was a little ways after that, not even the initial Blood Flowers tour, they they put out the trilogy idea, how it's part three of pornography, disintegration, and Blood Flowers. And kind of saying, oh yeah, these are all the transition albums from you know 20 to 30, and 30 to 40, and they're the heavier, gloomier cure not gloomier even, but just like the heavy, less poppy cure. And um, this was an attempt to get back to that. And, um, and you know, and in that context, it works. I kind of feel like it was just attached maybe to this album for the sake of doing that. But I don't think anyone really called them out on it or complained because everyone's totally happy to go to a concert where they play all of pornography and all of disintegration and throw blood flowers on the end. Why not? So, um so yeah, no one's complaining about that, but it was uh, is it, it was a little weird, but it makes sense because it is a heavier side of the cure, and um, you know, for him, that's a, and that's something that they've continued on with the other like kind of trilogy tours, and everyone's hoping they'll do more of, and it kind of is a great metaphor for this age. I feel like maybe that's why I was identifying it the other day when I was kind of more somber at work, and you know, oh, 39's coming. What what is this? Am I just closer to dying, or is it like, you know, I don't know. But it's it's an album, for lack of better terms, kind of fits. Um, you know, being a little older and crappier, oh, maybe like the album, <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, but, you know, lacking sparking singles and all that. But, um, you know, like I said, it's it's kind of a good metaphor for, for that time. And, and in a couple of years, I'll be putting out my self-titled version of my life album where it's a little more rocking and, and I've gotten over it and embraced 40. But um, I don't know. Kudos to them in the sense that I feel like he, he nailed a perfect time frame and now I can finally maybe appreciate that better because here I am in my late 30s uh, when I wasn't, when it came out. The album came out in 2000 um, in February too. Did I mention that too yet? Um how strange as that is, it came out in February, and it, we're wrapping up February right now as I'm recording this. Um, so almost 16 years ago to the day. Um, strange to think that Bloodflowers is that old now, like 16 years ago. I was in my last year of college. It was the first album that I uh, didn't run home or listen to in the car, I think. It was at the school library in between classes. I was able to grab a copy and listen to it. That's a weird environment to hear a Cure album for the first time. So I was kind of like, eh. But um, just the idea of it being a metaphor for 39 is pretty cool. Not even having, I mean, the whole point that the song 39 is even on the album. The fire's gone out and there's nothing left to burn. Fits pretty good, you know? And um, I remember the live shows for that were great, where they'd have the big fire behind them going. <laughs> great stage uh was it stage set for that song or images that they put up on the screen behind them and stuff. But, um, 
yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, weird kind of vibe through that whole album that fits. Um, is their last kind of keyboard heavy album for a while, maybe up until now. And I'm thinking about it. They haven't really, uh, they kind of switched to more guitar rock as the later ones continued on. But, um, I'm trying to think now, even off the top of my head, it, it, I think was there, has there only been two actual albums since then in the last 16 years? That's crazy. Maybe. I don't know. I might have to, uh, call myself out on that later. Lots of like, I think like join the dots came out after and such, but, um, yeah, as far as actual albums, I think it's this and then the self-titled one and then four thirteen. Like guys, we need to, to step it up, put some more stuff out anyway. Um, so yeah, stages of life. I got talking about that with Donald the other night of, uh, plugging yourself into where Robert was when the cure albums came out and how it's funny to think that now turning 39 next week i'll be in the blood flowers stage of my life like i said fits kind of to the mood of the album and the overall theme and perception as a cure fan of that album is how i'm feeling about myself a little bit but um but yeah that's pretty crazy to think that i'm at that stage now of like wow okay and uh at 29 thinking of where i was at 29 if i had been putting out disintegration at that time no way. I could barely move out of my house, let alone put out disintegration. But um Yeah, so that's a fun game to do. I recommend doing that sometime. Um and just thinking of cure fans in the in the flip perspective of that is also fun. Of just thinking of like uh how there's such a wide range. You know, I think I jokingly said that uh that um you know, from Blood Flowers on, they're probably not winning too many new fans, right? You know, so it's hard to say how many young Cure fans. But, I mean, it's not like when a new album comes out, that's the only time you get new fans. Uh, there's probably generations, I'm imagining, of kids that are just stumbling across even their parents' CDs at this point. And uh, hopefully opening up a whole, you know, underground Cure scene again of young young kids that, you know, the same same way other kids in the past would put on Zeppelin albums or something and, and, and discover this amazing band. I'd like to think that there's a lot of future rock and rollers out there that are discovering the cure for the first time. So with that idea, let's say what, 18 year olds, maybe it's probably about age that a kid would stumble across a cure record and get it, uh, 17, 18, maybe, but there's fans that got to stretch up now to about 10 years older than Robert or, you know, at least like, say like you could probably stretch it to like 60, right? So there's probably some 60 year olds up there, out there, wherever they are. Um, yeah, I mean, Robert's like 56, turning 57 soon. So there's definitely people that were like three years older than him that were into the cure and discovered them when they put out a band. There's plenty of bands that I hear and I'm like, they're kids. So I'm like, yeah, these new kids are awesome. These not the new kids, but like these young musicians are amazing. Um, so yeah, there's gotta be like 60 year olds out there that, that listen to care. I'm sorry if you're 60 hearing this, I don't mean that to be so shocking, but it's like just weird. Cause I'm kind of stuck in the middle, I guess, or later side of the middle, but, um, yeah, I, I love it. I think 80 year olds should be listening to the care. Um, 
But it's just strange. Like, wow, okay. So I guess they're that phase. If Robert himself is almost 60, then that makes total sense. There would be tons of 60-year-olds out there listening to The Cure still. And uh, But that's a huge... That's a sign of an amazing band, if you ask me. It's like like 18-year-olds to 60-year-olds? That's got to be rare. I mean, I guess there's all the classic rock bands that are that way, but oh my god, that's like Mozart or something. I don't know. Um, but um, I think that's pretty cool. And uh, just the idea of where you are when you heard them, and you know, these people are like, oh yeah, I've been watching these fucking guys put on their makeup for the last 30 years now you know it's like that's pretty cool and then to some other kid they're just like oh wow who's this band so let's talk a little bit about specifics of blood flower since that's probably not going to be one that i get to talk about with a person so much my wife really likes this album but uh she is not as of yet decided to do an episode with me so um so we got other plans if i can finally convince her to do one but uh for now for blood flowers like i said out of this world kicks it off it's a longer track and um has a cool piano part by roger on there and um just has some great lyrics there's a lot of good lyrics on this album where um either the music's all right or the you know the balance isn't always there but there's a few that have some really good lyrics. It might not be the greatest song, but there's some great lines in a lot of these. Um, quickly followed by Watching Me Fall, which is really a long song and not that great in my opinion. I feel like in the Wish episode, Donald and I were battling it out about Edge of the Deep Green Sea. And me, of course, explaining why uh, it was such a brilliant song. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons, is that uh, it doesn't feel as long as it is. Like, it sounds long as hell, but it doesn't feel like it, you know? And, like, the song just flows and has different parts and keeps, like, going and going and doesn't lose steam. Watching Me Fall on the other end, 11-minute long track, and it feels like 11 minutes. I mean, there's parts of it that are kind of cool, and it rocks and has a good... Like, the music of it's actually really good. Even the lyrics aren't bad, but it's just, like... I guess because it repeats back the chorus and there's like some instrumental parts that don't really do anything. But it's just kind of like, oh man, this song is still going. It, it feels 11 minutes long. And you know, it's fine to have on there, especially for an album that's got like a concept like this, um, where it's not trying to be a poppy album. But uh, they probably should have put it a little later. I think at this point, like the track two, I always thought with The Cure is like their big single you know like if you're not gonna have any don't put that song there if anything you know like where the birds uh always sing yeah it's cool nothing great maybe someday i feel like that's a cool song um and it does feel like a single whether they wanted it to be or not it kind of drags by the end too i feel like the it's almost a six or what yeah five minute long song they probably could have trimmed that but you know by this point the cure's not really trimming anything so and, you know, they didn't want to. That's their idea of this album, right? I just keep going back to that. But then there's a few that, like, that, like Last Day of Summer is real good. The Loudest Sound. Um, there's No If is in there. It's pretty cool. Um, and it's a fairly short album. Nine tracks, I guess, with, with 11 Minute Watching Me Fall. It technically plays out to about the same as a 10-track ten, ten album. But um, 
But yeah, it's weird. Those middle songs are cool. Strange that and kind of says something that they never really bring those back up for live set. So they're probably probably that in itself says something that they're, they're not really they're cool for the album and at the time, but they're not really anything anyone's dying to hear live or you know need to be focused on again. But time and place, you know, and they fit well in the album. So they're pretty cool. And then it wraps up with 39, um, which is more, not so much a great song, but does hit the, this this uh, wonderful time that we're all living in. <laughs> not everyone, just me. Um, and then the song Blood Flowers, I love. I feel like that one could go on a Cure compilation for somebody for sure. Uh, has that flange that only the Cure can, can use properly, it seems. Um and great lyrics, even like the whole idea of blood flowers seems a little like fandom menacey or something. I don't know. It's kind of like if you just take two cure words and put them together, I'm not sure how much relevance they actually have it together or what it means so much even, but, um, but, uh, it works and the song's cool. Um, it has one of my favorite, uh, bridges to a song, the, the between you and me, that part is really good. Anyway, so that's one of my favorite Cure songs. And, you know, there's only nine tracks on it. I think the import had a, a bonus track on there. But, uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite Bloodflower song? Go ahead and post it. <laughs> um, actually, there's another thing I wanted to do in this episode as this is kind of winding down on me just talking to myself. I did want to take a few minutes to... Um, We've had a lot of changes with social media stuff, and um, so if you're listening to this and have made it this far, which I totally don't blame you if you haven't, but um, <clears throat> if you made it this far, a couple things to, to check out if you're into this podcast as of now. Um, we first off abolished the Moonfruit site that I mentioned on a few earlier episodes. Just having to say the word Moonfruit was painful enough, so I will never say it again. Um, it is gone. What I've done to replace it to have on a kind of a more um, user-friendly official website for the band, I just made a a Facebook page for for the website. So there's a Facebook um, page for the Holy Hour podcast now. So just punch in uh, the Holy Hour podcast cure, and that probably should bring it up. And um, it's basically I'll just post new episode links to the new episodes on there, and then put in the supplemental material as comments there and I've uploaded all the past ones already so you can check them out anything that we've talked about in the episode there's going to be little clips or pictures um there is a picture of my sixth grade jacket that we talked about in the first episode I was able to dig it out and post that and um just links to shows or anything that we reference uh, we could throw in there and that way people can comment more directly on the episodes too through iTunes I feel like you can only comment on the, the show as a whole. Um, so this way, something's got you riled up in a specific episode. Like, Donald, why are you bashing Wish? That's ridiculous. And then you just you can put that in there. I encourage you to put that in there. So yeah, check it out on Facebook, their own page, The Holy Hour Podcast. Of course, to subscribe, just go to iTunes and subscribe. Um uh, leave comments. I feel like I've heard that it helps with the ratings. Um, ratings being rankings, not like 
uh, Nielsen ratings or anything. Uh, we don't really care, but it would be cool to have some kind of feedback. And more importantly, I feel like it pops up on the search engines more if you have uh, likes or dislikes even. Um, so yeah, leave some comments. We had some really great comments before we switched hosting and, and we lost them. Unfortunately, those are some really cool ones. Um, and uh, we'd like to get some more back up up there just to just to feel like the ball's rolling in some direction or not. And, um, you know, like it or not, we want to hear it all. So uh, subscribe on iTunes. Um, we also have an Instagram page. Uh, it's the Holy Hour Podcast, all connected. Don't forget to put the the in there, the Holy Hour Podcast. And uh, we'll put episodes, updates on that, along with some pictures. Um, just random cure pictures. And we got a few episodes that are already lined up um, that are back more in the uh, interview format. Donald went on his own and, and did a, a um, interview with one of our dear friends. So that'll be coming up next. And I uh, got a few more lined up. So uh, definitely keep your ears to the iTunes there and um, subscribe so you can keep track of them all or just check back soon even. And uh, leave those comments. Check out the Facebook, the Instagram. We're all over the social media. Um, and more importantly, and we'll wrap up on this note, um, along these lines, and I've hinted at it in the past. I'm not sure how clear it's getting or what. And I'm trying to get it out there to social groups and stuff. But um, we would really love like the idea of everyone out there that we don't necessarily know, you guys listening to record your own cure story, um, whether it be memories or just a story of a live show or the first time you got into the cure, um, anything along those lines, your favorite album, just talk about your favorite album, talk about your least favorite album, uh, talk about anything cure related, record it. You can record it on a digital recorder if you're a musician, anything like that, or in Pro Tools, uh, record it into your phone. All of, Everybody's got these damn smartphones, right? So just the memo part of it, I think you can record and then uh, just send it as an email and uh, send it to us. We'll put it together. If it's long, we'll make it the whole episode. If it's short, we can compile a few and put them in there. But we kind of wanted it to be this whole community thing and people talking about their care stories and their love of the care. So um, we would love for you to participate in that and get the ball rolling. Got a few kind of ideas to get it going that way, but... Um, if anybody wants to just jump in, we've yet to have any yet. Um, we're kind of just getting the message out there now. So um, record your cure stories and send them to me, Gavin Connor. Uh, the email just seems to be everywhere, but it's Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R, at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, if you want to touch base just to get the specifics, that's fine, too. Drop me a message and... Um, yeah, that, isn't that a great idea? Get your stories out there. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll post them all. And um, we'll trim them up, make episodes out of this. You can be a, a co-host of this wonderful program. So on that note, um, I turn 39 next week. It's not the end of the world, hopefully. And it um, doesn't seem as bleak today as when I was thinking about it the other day. So maybe I'm already getting over it. So, um... Yeah, don't forget all that social media stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for listening. Talk hard. Talk hard.